This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Dips inside and hits. Oh, what a, what a goal! Right, that is from Ross Wallace. Chris Waddle, is he going to have a crack? Oh, he does, he scores! Anything Paul Gascoigne can do, Chris Waddle can do. One by Stephen Fletcher, back towards Adam Rich! You're listening to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hello and welcome to Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Uh, by the time that you listen to this episode, we'll have done the draw for the charity raffle. So uh, check our social media pages and YouTube if you want to uh, watch that uh, watch that draw. At the time of recording, we've raised over £2,500 for Jude Mellon Jameson, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, to everyone that watched, retweeted, donated money and donated prizes, uh, we obviously are, we are so grateful. Hopefully Jude and his parents can raise enough money for his treatment that he and so many other people uh, around the world uh, deserve um now uh, let's get into the uh, the episode episode i'm not alone today i'm joined by the one the only liam russell uh, how are you liam you all right yes i'm mate how are you i'm fine thank you uh now today we're not going to be uh talking about uh men's football but we can talk about women's football more specifically Sheffield Wednesday ladies uh, and what better person to do that than Mr SWFC ladies himself Dave Higgins Dave mate you're right good evening fellas yeah very well thank you good uh good stuff um let's get uh straight into it let's let, let's get a little bit well, I know a little bit more about yourself really uh, like how many <laughs> years have you been involved with uh with, with the, the ladies club I've been involved with Sheffield Wednesday ladies, me and the wife, uh, for 15, 16 years when my daughter came to the club. And then we sort of got more involved, ended up becoming the manager, my wife, the secretary of the club, then chairman. And we've been chairman and secretary for, I think, 13, 14 years now, as well as first team manager for the last 13 prior to retiring at the end of the last season. So pretty hands-on then. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm just I'm just the, the one who talks and the front of house, but the club's really run by uh, my wife. She's the club secretary, but just as an aside to this, but talking about women's football, she's also the secretary 
and Fixture Secretary and Welfare Secretary for the Sheffield Allemshire Women and Girls League. So basically she runs all women and girls football in South Yorkshire from under eights up to adult football. That's incredible. Um, let, let's have a bit of background, um, you know, about the the ladies' team for those that don't know. I mean, what what league do they play in, and and you know, where do you play your home games, stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, well, we have uh, eleven teams, twelve teams at the moment. We've got a junior setup from under nines right through to under eighteens at every age group. Uh, they train on a Wednesday night, and they play all their home games at the Hallam University Sports Park on Bawtree Road at Tinsley. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, last season we had three senior teams, the first reserve and development. This year we've streamlined that because I'm sure we'll, we'll get onto this subject shortly, but the, the, the adult teams train also Wednesday nights at Hillsborough College, uh, but they play their games Sunday afternoons again at Shefton Allen University Sports Park. And then obviously the away games uh, for the reserves are, are local, but the senior team, the first team, Last season, we were travelling as far as Newcastle and South Shields, Hartlepool, the North East, really. Yeah. Now, I was a bit surprised to, to realise, they always find out, should I say, that it's not funded by Sheffield Wednesday at all, is it? No, no. Uh, we, we're, we are the official ladies section. Uh, we're recognised by the club. Uh, we run totally separately. We've got our own chairman, secretary, uh, and we like it that way. Uh, it's... It, we run it more as a community setup. You know, the first team superstar isn't any more of a superstar than the youngest under nine player. It's, you know, we have this moniker, monic of sort of one team and it is one team, whether you're nine or whether you're hitting goals in for the first team, you know, it's, it's across the board. We're self-funded totally. Uh, every player that plays for us pays to play and that covers the training uh, the match fees. Uh, it's a monthly fee of £20 and for that they don't have to outlay another penny on top of that. Uh, the club help us um, and also Wednesday night, we, we, we've got a beneficiary, uh, Wednesday night, the group uh, do dig into their pockets normally. Uh, every so often I send the email to Paul at Wednesday night um, asking for a, a donation and within an hour we've got the money in the bank. He, he helps towards kit when we have to buy kit and yeah. they sponsor our presentation evenings every year and pay for the trophy. So, you know, they're, they're good guys that Wednesday night. Good stuff. I mean, back to you for a second, but because obviously you, you said there, you used to be the manager. You're not the manager anymore. You've stepped down from from coaching. Yeah, <laughs> Thumbs yeah. up there. Yeah, why, why was that? Why have you, why have you decided um, to step down? I'd been involved with football since my daughter, my daughter got involved with football at eight years of age and I helped run a team with a, uh, another big Wednesday fan lad called Ebby whose daughter's played football and we started Sheffield Rangers girls section when our kids were eight years old and obviously my daughter's just retired. She gets married next month. She gets she was just retired at 30. So we've been involved all the way through, me and the wife, if we weren't running Sheffield Rangers, it's been Sheffield Wednesday. And what you've got to bear in mind is it's a big commitment. Junior football's every Saturday morning. Uh, senior football, which we've done for the last, I think, 11 years, I was manager of the senior first team. It's Sunday afternoons. So, you know, Sunday dinners are Monday tea time, you know, and it's just, we got to the point where kids are growing up and uh, my daughter was thinking of retiring. And we thought, well, Let's take a back seat. Let's start enjoying our Sundays. 
we're still chairman and secretary, so we're still heavily involved, but we're just sort of passing things out a little bit as we can. So what's, what's your day-to-day involvement then with the club as as chairman? Then what what's as chairman you really? Uh, I suppose I suppose it, it's it's figured out. You know, if anything needs saying or doing, it's me. Julie runs the club behind the scenes. Anybody who's at our club will tell you what a godsend Julie is. Uh, there's nothing happens without her. With her being the secretary of the league as well, the magnifying glasses on her. So we have to be run as well as, if not better than any other club in South Yorkshire, because if we do anything wrong. Look, you know, Julie's very adamant that she doesn't favour her own club, even though she's league secretary. So, yeah, if anything needs organising, sorting, I get a prod in the back and then I get onto the managers, the coaches. Uh, I, I liaise with Wednesday. Up until very recently, as you're aware, I did all the social media, but I've got a good guy called Ian just come on board who's took a lot of that off me. Um, I retired at the end of last season. Uh, and we brought a management team in, um, who I'm sure we'll talk about shortly, but yeah. we brought a management team and it, it didn't work out with the manager. So I had to step back up, me and the wife stepped back up sort of a third of the way into the season. But fortunately for us, the assistants that came with the manager have stopped and it's them guys who've now taken over. So we've retired for the second time, <laughs> for the last time. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Just uh, in terms of the, the first team, yeah. what, what kind of level do they play at in, in women's football? Well, we got to, we, the, the sort of, we started at step seven and had to get through three divisions. And then we got into the Northeast Regional, which is sort of step six. Uh, and then last year we were fortunate enough, we got ourselves, we'd, we'd been running away with the Northeast Regional. Or we, we'd never, in fact, in all my years, we'd never finished out of the top three. Uh, and then when COVID happened, a couple of seasons got cut short. So uh, they looked to promote a couple of teams who were at the time of the league stopping were up the top end and we were, I think, six points clear. So we actually got uh, moved. I don't like saying the word promoter because I think you earned promotion. Uh, but we got moved into the North East Regional Premier Division, which is step five of the pyramid, which is the equivalent of sort of where Chesterfield are in the men's game, you know, step five, just out of the four leagues. Um, we had one season, didn't have a good year, to be fair. A uh, lot of injuries, broken limbs. Um, and we've ended up, it's ended up being that we've dropped back down into the Northeast Regional Southern Division. So uh, we're sort of step six at the minute. Great stuff. No worries. Uh, just, just on women's football in general, um, yeah. obviously it's seen quite a big rise in the last few years. Um, in profile, especially like with it being shown more on tele. Is there anything more behind that or is it just the fact that it's getting a bit more publicity and TV time and stuff like that? Uh, it's grown massively. I mean, we, we've got an history of 20 years and when we first started, there was four, uh, four grounds, South Yorkshire. There was South Yorkshire County Girls. It was the only league where girls could play football in girls' teams. There were 16 teams. Once a fortnight, you'd meet either in Doncaster, Barnsley, Rotherham or Sheffield. All the teams, 16 teams, would meet up at the different age groups. I think there was only three age groups then. Play a little round robins and move on. Uh, at the moment, there's over 4,000 women and girls playing just in the South Yorkshire region alone that Julie wow. looks after. 280 teams, over 100 clubs. So it's it's risen massively. Uh the major thing, I think, is the fact that the coverage, I mean, the Women's Super League, when that appeared, uh, that gave um, 
all the players something to aim for. You know, they get paid. They're not well paid, the WSL players, but some of the better ones are on full time and with their, you know, uh, image rights and everything can make a living of it. Uh, so the second division, which is the championship, most of those teams, and I say that most, uh, are on sort of 16-hour contracts and most of those players are working other jobs as well as football. Uh but yeah, it, it's I've watched women's and girls' football change massively over the last five or six years. It used to be that a girl would find a group of mates, join a team and stick with that team. Uh, I'm lucky that the group of lasses I had, a lot of retired this year because they all got sort of 30, 31. They've all played together since they were 14, 15 years old and they've stuck together. But now you're finding that it's like boys' football. Uh, players will sort of flip from team to team to team to climb the pyramid which is yeah. fantastic for them, you know, and we have we have good players get, you know, the, the RTCs, which are the regional training centres. So that's sort of the stepping path to getting into professional football, for want of a better word. So it's, yeah, great. so it's, 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 it's a good thing. It's a fantastic thing. Um, but it's changed the women and girls game to bring it in line with boys and men, which is great. Yeah, I suppose it's got quite a lot of years to, to catch up, I suppose, in terms of, Obviously, now it's getting a level of coverage that maybe it should have, and that yeah. should only escalate, you'll hope. Yeah, um, yeah. And hopefully, yeah, like you say, it'll, it'll trickle down even yeah. more so over the next few years, you'd hope. Yeah, I think I think the problem's been is, it's all, even at the upper end, it's been a trickle that's gone to splashes, whereas now, uh, you know, there's more funding coming in. The FA Cup, I mean, my team managed to get through to the um, first round proper of the effort. There's four, three, four, five uh, preliminary rounds, but uh, we managed to get through about three years ago to the first round proper of the FA Cup. And to be fair, I think we will, you know, that FA Cup first round at the time earned us about £1,500. So, you know, there's money coming into the game. The top two divisions, the WSL and the Championship, players are earning money below that probably levels three and four, the clubs try and get sponsorship for the players, uh, but then sort of level four, five, six, people are paying to play still, you know. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it, it's quite a strange one because I think, I think it was the England ladies um, or women's goalkeeper that I heard on, a, on another podcast. I think she was saying up until recently she was still having to buy her own kit and stuff like that in terms of gloves and stuff like that. So and doing uni and maybe not getting paid as much as as what the others want, uh, what other players are. So it is, you know, it is still quite. It, it is tough because again, other than that top echelon, you, you're having the girl, the women. I mean, we've obviously got the juniors, but the women. Uh, even in the sort of the championship, they're working as well as training 16 hours. I think the contracts for the WSL are sort of 32 hours. And again, no, I'm no expert on that level, but I think they're on 32-hour contracts. But the wage they get, is it livable? I don't know. You'd have to ask people at that level. But, you know, I certainly think a lot of them supplement it with jobs on the side, you know. Definitely, definitely. Um and again, it's another it's another big year coming up for women's football with the with the Euros being held it, uh, over here uh, in Sheffield and Rotherham, are, are host cities as well. Is it something you'll be going to and looking forward to? Yeah, we've uh, the being the being held at Sheffield United's ground because obviously you know, we don't, don't, don't let's talk about them, Dave. I know we're not. Well, <laughs> I, just, I just actually I just have to 
I'll, I'll bleep. I'll bleep that bit out. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Out, but basically, <laughs> that other team, you've got to take your hat off to them. I mean, uh, a few years ago, Kevin McCabe, then when he was chairman, got the opportunity to buy the franchise, buy the the way in to the uh, WSL tour as it was there, and he put his money where his mouth was. I mean, at that point, that other team were at a similar level to us, uh, but all of a sudden, he bought the franchise for want of a better word, they jumped up three levels and then they've just rocketed. The, yeah. the thing was, it was always, people always thought of Donny Bells as the top team. Yeah. Sheffield FC in, in more recent years have been brilliant. So Sheffield FC and Donny Bells were the two big hitters. But then as soon as that all changed, as soon as Sheffield United uh, bought into that uh, WSL champion, WSL 2, um, because the exposure, all the players wanted to go to them because they could see that they were at that top level. And yeah. it unfortunately watered teams down like Donny Bells and Sheffield FC. So they have dropped a couple of divisions now and they're sort of step, I think, four those are because all the better players obviously want to go to that other team. But fair play to that other team. Uh, and I don't, and I, I know the, I knew the manager who took them on, Carla, she was brilliant with them. And they've done they've done brilliant, and you know they, they are in this area the team that I don't I won't say look up to because that's a bit harsh. We we never look up to the other lot, but that's the team who are up there. And, yeah, and of course. It yeah. it's only natural, isn't it? Really? Are yeah, you are you, are you going to be going to the Euros then? Yeah, yeah, we've got a. We'll get offered tickets. We'll be going to. I'll probably get to a couple of the games. I know that uh, we've got one of our junior teams, which is nice. We got asked by the. Uh, Sheffield County FA to nominate a player from one of our junior teams. And we, we nominated a, a young girl, I think 12, 13, who's been with the club since she was eight. And she's going to be carrying the ball out at Bramall Lane for one of the internationals and putting it on the spot. Uh, so, yeah, we've got a bit of an involvement, but uh, I think the games will be held at Bramall Lane and Rotherham, aren't they? Yeah, yeah that's that's right. Let's you've got already touched on it a little bit. Let's move into like uh, player recruitment because you know June is a massive month for you in in terms of picking new players up and, and everything like that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, again, I've, I've touched on it briefly, but we've had a very settled side. There's there's been a group of probably eight nine players who've played for that first team for the last since they were 14, 15 years of age, and they've been stalwarts and stopped through, and they're always doing well. Uh, been successful, uh, and then other players have come and gone around that setup. Uh, they retired last year, um, so we'll, and also some of the younger players have moved on uh, to other clubs. So we're literally for the first time in my career at, Hills, at Sheffield Wednesday Ladies, uh, we're at ground zero. We're starting from scratch with a few players, but you might as well say with nothing. So June's always a busy month because that's when all the clubs have. Again, trials for one of them. I, I like to call them open sessions. I don't like the word trials, but everybody knows them as trials. Yeah. Uh, but June's usually a slow starter. July is the busy month when you know players tend to take a bit of time off because of COVID. The seasons ran late, so normally seasons finish April. We didn't finish our last game till I think the twentieth of May, and then you know you want a bit of a breather. So, yeah, we're as a club as Sheffield Wednesday ladies. We're literally starting and building from new, and that's what we've been pushing the recruitment drive. Come along for a brand new start. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've touched on there. It's not you know, 
it's not full time. I mean, how, how often do you train as uh, as a ladies team? Uh, through up until season starting, we train Wednesdays and Sundays, and then once the season starts, it's training Wednesday nights and then games on Sunday. But the new management set up, for want of a better word, uh, they're looking to get in, get us up to training twice a week plus games. Step we noticed last year at step five. Uh, we struggled, uh, and that's not just the young players. That was the senior players. That's us as coaches. That 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 northeast regional prem is undoubtedly the strongest level five step five league. I mean, you've got the East Midlands, but uh, and you've got the North West, but that northeast is a really tough setup. And uh, yeah, we we struggled, and uh, and we noticed that a lot of the teams in that level are training two and sometimes three times a week. You could tell that with the fitness, uh, you know, so that's what we're looking to do. Step that up again this season. Yeah, that's what I'd say. What's your, what's your expectations for, for this upcoming season? Because, you know, last season, like like you've mentioned, didn't, didn't go according to plan, but obviously, you know, dropped down a division. But yeah. you know, like what you've been saying there, you know, with a whole new team almost, I suppose at the moment, you, you can't really can't really say what's going to happen, can you? Yeah, it, it's a tough one. If I, if we were starting this season with the team that we had last year or well, last year and the years before, I'd be saying that you know, were pushing for promotion because in that southern region, I, I don't think we've ever finished out of the top three. Uh, however, again, it's a fresh start. So I don't know, you know, the main aim for me as chairman will be for us to uh, mid-table, you know, to mm. consolidate the fact that we've dropped down a league and that we've got a squad, get the new squad together, working together well, and just consolidate ourselves in that division, you know. You know be like, there's some good teams even in the southern division. And the, the pleasing thing is a lot of local teams have gone in. So whereas the first team were northeast. You know, we've got uh, the, the some other teams that have just got, again, requested to move and they got moved up. I won't call it promotion, but they, they've got moved up and uh, you've got Hansworth, you've got Sheffield United, their community side, not the main set, but the community side. Harworth from Doncaster, they've moved up. And then there's a Millmore's Rotherham team in there. Uh, and then Farsley, York is probably the furthest you travel in that division, but it's a lot more compact, which is great because the girls have to give up a lot on a Sunday when you're traveling two and a half hours to get to the Northeast, playing for two hours, and then another, t- it's your Sunday's gone. So, yeah, we, we mentioned earlier, yeah. Well, yeah, we mentioned earlier, that obviously, you said the assistants stepped up to become manager, Stuart Alexander, isn't it? That's that's, that's now right, the, yeah. the manager. What, what's his background like? like? I said, I know, I know he was, I know he was assistant last year, but what? What's he done beforehand? Stuart's been in football over uh, overseas. Uh, he was overseas with the, the manager that came in briefly, and that's how they linked up. Um, Stuart stayed, and also Conrad, the goalkeeping coach, and Henry, the uh, uh, first-team coach, they stayed and helped me, which was great because in the past I've had the odd helper, but it's always been on myself and my other half to run the team. This year was a lot better, even though results didn't go away. It was nice to have a proper setup. I got a goalkeeper coach. I got an assistant in Stewart. I got a first team coach. So it gave me that chance to do the management role rather than picking the cones up. And, and you know, although we get, we all get involved, so it was a natural progression for me to step aside, Stewart to step up as manager. Again, a lot of experience overseas. 
Um, in, in women's football as well. In women's or... fo- women and girls football, yeah. Girls football, um, yeah, under 17s, national teams, etc. Um, I'm trying to think where he was and I, for the life of him, I'm struggling. Uh, I'm not sure if, I'm, I don't know if it was Garner or somewhere like that, but again, apologies. And if Stuart's listening, sorry, Stuart. Uh, I'll do my own work a bit better. But yeah, overseas. But what I loved about Stuart, Conrad and Henry, as soon as I came back, they bought into the club. I remember being at a, a junior tournament and turned to my right and Stuart were there. He could just come to support them. And he gets it. He gets it that it's one team. It's not just the first team. It's about everybody. And then Henry turned around one week and said, Dave, Wednesday's early doors. I'm, you know, I'm, is uh, at uni, but he travels back from Manchester. He says, I'd like to get involved with one of the junior teams if I could. So he also, as well as being first team coach, eight o'clock while 9.30, six o'clock till seven, he helps with the under-13s. Conrad volunteered to be the goalkeeper coach for the club. So again, he, he drives from Manchester where he's based at uni, gets to Sheffield for six. He coaches all the junior goalkeepers for an hour and then comes down at eight o'clock and does the goalkeeper coaching for the senior section. So it's not just about can they manage a team can they run the first team? It's buying into that club ethos, and that's what it's about with us. And, and they've done it brilliantly. And it, without signing after the all is everyone is it all voluntary? All the coaching and yeah, managing all, and everything like all, that. Everything at the club is voluntary. We, you know, nobody gets anything. Uh, the subs cover the costs. A bit of help from Wednesday night, um, but God, if I, you know, if I said to you. I mean, we, we train on good facilities, Chaucer School, which is 3G, Hillsborough College and the sports park. Uh, although we don't own that facility, everybody that comes there says what a cracking place it is. I mean, the pictures are second to none um, and the facility itself is fantastic. Yes, we only rent it. We don't own it. But, you know, there's not many that, in fact, I don't think there's any that's better. This place is as good, but there's none that's better. Uh, but if I told you that it costs us approximately Bear in mind, we've got 12 teams. If I said it costs us as a club 12 to 13,000 pounds a year to hire pitchers, it costs us nearly 14,000 pounds a year to hire training facilities. We buy kit every two years because we can't afford to buy it every year. So we buy a new kit every two years. The club do help with that. We, we get looked after with the pricing on that, but we still have to pay. But fair play to the club, they do help us with that. They, they put us on board as one of their facilitators, like the community, like the academy. So we are looked after, but it's still about eight grand on kit. And then we've just bought track suits and uh, training tops, shower jackets and track suit bottoms. And that's just cost us 18 grand. We, we can only afford to do that two th- every two or three years. So if you do your maths, it's a 40, well, 45 yeah. grand a year to run our club. Yes, yeah, a lot. And, yeah, and we get about 200 pound per player off each subs and we've got probably close to 180, 190 players. So the so subs cover cover all those costs. We do just and with a little bit of we do a bit, bit of yeah. fundraising. Yeah. Uh you know, like we've we've not changed the kit this year, but next year we'll be changing the kit. So we'll we'll do a few we'll do a race night or two and you know tap ball up at Wednesday night and uh and uh, yeah, anybody else who wants to offer. I was, about, I was about to say, if anyone's listening that does want to get involved, Dave, like, how can they get involved and, and help out? Oh God, this this is a tough. This is I'd love to say just do the. The problem is, is it's one team, so 
on many occasions I've had people, not many, but on occasions I've had people come forward and say, I'll buy the first team a new kit. But as a club, we made the decision that's not fair. If the first team get I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. New kit, the under nines get a new kit. So that's why we don't let the teams do individual sponsorship because that way you end up with 10, 11, 12 bank accounts, 10, 11 teams wearing different gear and we're one team. So we have a central part, the subs go in the central part, we pay for the pitches. They have a little raffle every week for the referee. If they can't, gather enough together for the referees or it's one of the older teams whereas not as many parents come we reimburse the managers for the referees so they don't have to find any money but if anybody did want to get involved you know Wednesday I mean, night, they can, they, I mean they can always you know start the conversation I guess you know, if absolutely you're I mean, basically get in touch with myself uh, and I'd have a chat because we can do things you know if somebody come on board and said look here's a chunk of money and will that cover your full kits there's nothing to that we couldn't put their logo on the back of the track. So we're not allowed to put anything on the Wednesday shirt because Wednesday are a little bit, I, I have, we have to just toe the line, which is fine. You know, we, yeah. we, we use the brand. So track suits, we can put, I you know, logos on that, but the kit is the kit. We can't put, you know, MHS builders or whatever on the back or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Uh, so obviously you're saying there's been quite a lot of um, changeover in terms of players, but there's also been quite a, a shift in the backroom staff as well, hasn't there? So is it quite, uh, like you say, the, the guys have come through um, who were who were helping out last year. Um, is, is it run all the way down through the coaches as well? Yeah, well, we're, we're lucky because, and again, you know, we run the club properly. We have to. I mean, the club actually, just to give us a little bit of plaudits, uh, Sheffield Allenshire do the annual awards ceremony, volunteer awards, and... Uh, just before COVID, uh, we won club of, uh, club of the Year, Grassroots Club of the Year, for the way we were run both on and off the pitch. Uh, Julie, my other half, last year won Sheffield Hampshire County Affairs Volunteer of the Year, full stop. And then they've just announced this week, this year's awards, and the Girls League, uh, again, that Julie runs, um, along with a group, a committee group, uh, they've just won Sheffield Hampshire League of the Year in front of all the boys, the men in all South Yorkshire. So, uh, yeah, it has to be run right. Uh, luckily, because we are a decent club, we don't have a high turnover of coaches. You'll get somebody comes and coaches the nines and six years later is still coaching that same group at under-16s. And then when they get up to under-18s, we then encompass them in the senior section. Or again, we've got a coach, John. He's gone from under-12s 
ride up to senior section, then drop back down to 12s and working his way up again. So we're very lucky. We've got some great coaches, some great people. Do you find it is a a lot of the time it's parents that will, like you say, someone's uh, playing within the team and it's their parent who will jump in and take it on and, like you say, follow them through the years, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can't beat having parents because you know they're going to be there every week. What (laughs) we need is the security of people being reliable. And, you know, and you can depend on them. Parents are great. Uh, We we do recruit from within. I mean, this year, for example, we've got a great coach down at under 10s, uh, a a guy called Rick, and his daughter was playing a year up. So we've had a massive influx of players at junior level on through trial, sorry, open training sessions. Uh, Lots and lots, well over 100 players come in. So what Rick's done, Rick's stepped back to under nines and took a brand new batch of players who we're just sorting through at the minute. And then we got a couple of parents of the under tens that were keen to take part. A guy called Brendan and Mark. Uh, they've got we have to have all the right criteria in place, you know, the DBS checks, yeah, which yeah. I went through the level one coaching, they must take a first day. So basically we said, look, well, Rick actually sorted it. Brendan, Mark, do you want to step up? They said, yes, all of a sudden, we've got a new team, new management set up, made up of two parents. One's a, a level one coach already. Uh, but, you know, you just you just need to want to enjoy it and, you know, let the girls enjoy themselves, you know, and uh, you can learn the coaching side. Yeah, and do you get do you get many, like, female coaches interested or...? Yeah, we've got, uh, if I run through the leagues, uh, under 11s this year, which were was under 10s last year, uh, Kate, she coaches the under-10s. This year, we may well be having two under-11s, which we don't usually have two teams at one age group, but we've got that many players come. So Kate will do one team. We've then got Ifra, uh, Ifra Salah and uh, brother Cal, who do the under... God, I forget which age group. They're under-15s this year. Uh, we've got Pope, um and her dad who do the under-18s. So we've always got a good smattering of female coaches. And then we usually have player reps that sort of help behind the scenes with each team. And they're usually mums as well, or dads. So yeah, you know, we don't discriminate in any way, shape or form. You know, Yeah, I just wondered if there was like more of an influx now, obviously, in terms of the way that it's been going. with obviously the- Yeah, certainly. Over that, again, over the last, I'd be, it'd be unfair to say last five years, probably last seven or eight years, a lot more women getting involved and a lot more, Player women who were players who you know want to coach. So we've been lucky. We've got some great ladies working for us at various age groups. Great stuff. <clears throat> now, um, go on, Liam. Uh, so, from what we can see, uh, you've got a new club ambassador as well, Mark Smith, um, who was the current coach, well, former Wednesday player and current coach at Scunthorpe. Um, what does it mean, and what what's he going to bring to the club being an ambassador? As chairman, I like to I keep I like to keep myself on my toes, and you've always, although it gets a bit of a pain at time, but if you don't jump on the train, you're going to get left behind, and you'll find more and more women's clubs, even at sort of level six and seven, are getting big on the social media and putting stuff out there, and that and it's that public awareness. We we're lucky; we've got a big name, which can be an hindrance actually at times, <laughs> as you know, and and, and I see this. For some reason, our friends in Rotherham and Barnsley and the other lot, their supporters 
everybody just seems to hate Sheffield Wednesday, don't they? They're, they're, all, they're all much rather <laughs> yeah. be mates with Rotherham and Barnsley and Donny. Um, <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, you see that in girls and women's football as well. You know, Wednesday's great to get Wednesday fans in, but everybody wants to beat Sheffield Wednesday on a Saturday. Everybody, <laughs> you know. Uh, and we've got some good teams, but this last year, there's a lot of great teams out there and, and some that aren't, what you would naturally call the big names, you know, some tremendous teams. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a case of getting, stepping forward and keeping up. And me and Mark got together, Mark Smith got together and Mark says, look, Dave, I'd love to put something back into a bit of football at sort of voluntary level. I think he's working at Scunthorpe at the minute with the academy and he's worked everywhere, Lincoln, Barnsley, Wednesday United. He was involved with Sheffield United women for a while as well. Uh, and he basically said, and I said, well, what do you want to do? He says, well, whatever you want, use and abuse me. And I went, oh, that's okay. Then he says, I said, so we asked him what he did. He could commit to Wednesday nights. He couldn't commit to Saturdays because of his job. Uh, so I said, what about becoming club ambassador? And fair play to him. He's been down this last two Wednesdays. He's on hand to talk to Wednesday, to players, parents, uh, coaches. Offer he's, he's offered to, once we've settled the teams down, to help do the coaching sessions. If a, if a manager said, oh, Mark, do you want to do a session for us? Right. It's probably more the parents that know Mark Smith is than the kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I introduced him on the, the video we did last week for social media as, you know, Boxing Day Massacre Mark Smith, because that's who we all remember him. <laughs> and, uh, that's before we, our time, that as well, Dave. I know, I'm sorry, I'm showing my age. But it's um, all right, I've heard, I've heard from my dad, it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, I wasn't doing this. Uh, but yeah, and, and he you know he says presentation nights. He says if you want me to and trophies out. If you want to do a bit of a again Boxing Day massacre question and answer, he says I'll I'll drag drag Terry Curran TC along. And you know I think he mentioned a couple. Of, he says so he's, he's he's on board to help. And, I suppose uh, it's just a, a massive help with his expertise, isn't it? Really, and his knowledge and things like that, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because I mean, he's UA for a license professional license you can't get a better license than he's got he could manage any team he wanted so to pass on that advice and help uh, it's just a great it's a, it's, it's a no-brainer absolute no-brainer to have him involved uh, so yeah it's great great for us great you know it's great to push it out there and let the world know uh, but yeah win-win for us great stuff I'm just going to you know talk about like the well you've already kind of touched on it really the other the, the pathway really from um Right from under nines to to seniors, I think I'm right in saying you're the the only club in South Yorkshire that has that you know a, a team in every age group. And you've said there, you know, you've, even having two teams in in the under 11s because you've got that many that many players. I mean, there's a real emphasis on youth, isn't there, at Sheffield Wednesday ladies? Like you know, right. Right. kids as you know under nine, as, as young as under nine playing. Is that something that like yourself and the club pride yourself on? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I will just update. I think that might be an old statement you've got because there are a few teams now that have got uh, teams at every age group and, and a lot of clubs will run two and three teams at certain age groups. We've always shied away from that because you tend to find then you've got a good team and a bad team at the same age group and it creates animosity between the teams and yeah. it's just it's just NH you don't want. So, so there are one or two teams out there that have probably got more teams than us and... I've got teams at every level. Again, Sheffield United, their community side, it's not the the main, it's not the Sheffield United women because they're a separate entity, but their community department, they've got teams at 
I think every age to guess. I don't know exactly. So, yeah, but but we've all got an emphasis on it. I mean, we may even be starting under eights as well this year, but we want a team at every age group, and it's about the kids. You know, I'm very fortunate up until this year when they've retired. I've had, I think we worked it out one, I think last season or the season before I worked the stats out, and out of 48 players playing for the three senior teams that we've got, because at that time we'd got a first reserve and development, and of 47 players, 34 had come through our junior network. Excellent. So, you know, it, it's that's what we love to see. We love to see the under-18s this coming season will move up to development next season. So, yeah, it's all about that growth and offering that. We do offer a pathway. We've proved it. You know, we've got first-team players who've been with us since 10, 11. I think a couple of girls, Sophie and Emma, who've just retired. They've been at the club 20 years since they were nine-year-old. That, you know what? This kind of answered my next question. I mean, I was going to say, has there been players that have that have come right from the from the bottom right up to the up to the yeah, top? And yeah, cl- clearly, clearly has. Yeah, I can think of those two off the top. Men who've done twenty years at the club, and and they're and it's rare, but it's like even such as my daughter who's done fifteen years at the club, and a few others that have done 10, 12, 4 years. They've found a club, they've enjoyed it, and they've stayed, uh, and they've all had that opportunity to move higher and move elsewhere. But the sort of what I've got, I always liken them to my old mate, who was a good friend of mine, Kev Pressman, uh, a one-club man, you know, uh, and they, they've enjoyed it and they wouldn't dream of playing at another club elsewhere. But unfortunately, you don't get that as much now because people tend to look for the <clears throat> career pathway, if you like. Yeah. Have you, have you had any come through that have ended up towards the top? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we had a girl called Mercy Dakoa who went to America for three years. And she came back and played for Durham in the WSL. Uh, for, I mean, it's a few years back. Uh, one of the girls who's just been playing for Sheffield United uh, women, uh, although they always tell, tell everybody she's a Sheffield United player, uh, she had two seasons with us at Sheffield Wednesday when she was about 14, 15. And she ended up having a, a fantastic career at Sheffield United women. A uh, couple of other players, quite a few players have gone to America and uh, gone for the football over there and done really well. So yeah, we've had a, a sprinkling. And is it more is it more lucrative as such over in America for women's football? I don't know the the ins and outs totally, but basically what they go over there to do is they go over for their uh, education, like scholarship type of thing. Scholarships, and they get to play football every day, every week in the in the university leagues. And then they come back. And if you come back over into this country at 22, 23 year old and say, I've just done a three year academy, you know, a scholarship in the States, California, whatever, you're going to get in, into any team you want, really. It's, it's a massive uh, tick on the CV. And, and it's great for them because they're experiencing life away from family, abroad, uh, and they're, playing, they're doing what they, they love doing. Playing and getting football. qualification as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, just want to t- touch on like you know the the junior coaches. Like, what what's the role of the of the coaches? Like, you know, junior coaches to to say. Junior like- coaches, we, we we always we never put any pressure on our coaches. We've all I've always said it would be lovely to see our teams in the top three in their divisions that they're in. Um, this last year, we probably dropped off a little bit. COVID sort of was a big stumbling block, not just for us but for a lot of clubs. But we've always been lucky that. Our teams have always been 
up or around there, same as in the Cups and the Shield competition. So it wasn't, other than this season just gone, I think we had one team win a Cup and a couple of teams finish runners-up. But it's never been unusual to see Sheffield Wednesday up there, but we've never impressed that. We've said to the managers, if we can finish in the top three, great. What we want you to do is have a group of players who enjoy playing football. We have the same ethos that we play football. All the coaches coach football rather than the big long ball. We like to play from the back to the front and that's sort of an ethos that we've carried on. Uh, we also like... we. So basically, like you try and play like the you know, Sheffield Wednesday rather than the Wickhams. You know, exactly that's, yeah, to... that's it. You know, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the Wickhams, but yeah, we all our teams are footballing teams. You know, they play yeah. football. Sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. Um, but yeah, so, so the coaches sort of do the training. You know, we help them get through the the coaching badges, the FA, you know, level, they don't need them, but level one is the basic one, level two, and then you go on to UA for BM. We've had numerous coaches that have gone through gone through UA for B and then moved on to jobs in football uh, using the licences that they got while training with us. So, uh, yeah, it's good. And uh, as I say, we, we, you know, we don't push our players. We like them to play football. Uh we like them to be smartly turned out. You know, I love it when somebody says to me, oh, you're a lot played out a lot this week and they look great all in the same track suits. And, and, and that's one of the things I impress, you know, if you're on match days, you turn up with your track suit looking the part, you know. Yeah. What, what, why do you do it, Dave? Like, it's a big, big, big question. Why do I do it? Yeah. God knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. My daughter got me involved at nine. I, I mentioned, I'm not name dropping, but I'm friends with Kev Pressman and um, back in the premiership days, you lads might not be old enough for this, but back in the premiership days, my daughter was five, six, seven and uh, we used to go to the matches and we'd get tickets and we'd end up in the players' lounge after games and my daughter at six-year-old be bouncing on David Ersney and her favourite, oh, she fell in love with Miguel Di Piede. You might know <laughs> uh, but so she was always around the big names, Di Canio, the big names. <clears throat> So she loved football. And so at nine years old, she said, Dad, I want to play football. And that sort of dragged me and the wife into it. And then once you're in... That's it. <laughs> it's like, ask, ask a dad or a mum or a manager or a chairman of a boys' club, why do they do it? And it's the same. It don't matter these days if it's boys, girls. It's all... The, the good thing is the girls' football is starting to get a lot more respect. I mean, a couple of years, a few years ago when the World Cup was on TV, my mates were all football fans, you know, Bloody hell, Dave, did you see that? See England last night, whereas they just take them, well, the Michael, for want of a nice yeah. word. They take the Michael in the past and laugh about it and not talk about it. But then all of a sudden, I'm getting my mate saying, Bloody hell, did you see that England game? In, and all of a sudden, I think that's what I've enjoyed the fact. Weren't that, that, was the, that was the one in, when they played, did they play in America, were it, or, or USA? That's right, yeah. They lost, it lost yeah, they, in the, yeah. the semi final, lost or something. It. That's it, yeah. So, I mean, from then, I, and so, yeah, yeah you listen, you're always going to get football fans criticising women's football. It's a given. You're going to get that. But there's a bigger percentage now who look at it and think, all right, I might not think it's as good as men's football. I personally think it is. I don't think it's as strong as men's football. I think the players are stronger. But, you know, come and watch a couple of women's games and you'll be amazed at some of the players. Well, I've, so, had people, you know, I've had people come and watch, mates, and come and watch and say, bloody hell, you know. I think it's on, you know, like I said, I've referenced to it's on TV more, it's on BBC, exactly. it's on Sky yeah. Sports, you know, they've yeah. got, you know, uh, 
hear it on the radio as well and, and stuff like that and it, you know it's, it's becoming more more mainstream and more which which you know something had to give didn't it i suppose because you know just saying oh more people need to go and watch it that's all you know it's all good and well but it's, you know there's got you to be you, a... you know any any sport you know get it on television and you'll get followed look at curling ice curling you know everybody yeah. watches that you know put it on telly you'll get an audience and the more that it's on the more it it breeds it into you that it is part of the national game. So like, you know, the women's football show and stuff. Yeah. All right. Not everybody will watch it, but it's exposure into it. You know, that's, that's what I just think, I think as well, people probably take it Mickey before because, but they'd never watched it. But now because it's there and people actually watch it. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It's like me. I can't stand with a passion cricket. Honestly, <laughs> controversial that, Dave. I'm not, I'm sorry, I cannot. Mate, if, you, if you've had it on this afternoon, you might change your mind. <laughs> but but I've, when I've watched the odd game, I've heard myself shouting and thinking to myself, "Oh, it's not bad." This, but you know, I would say I'm a non-cricket person. But rugby, I'm not a big rugby fan, you know. But you know, you watch a game and. The more you watch it, the more you get into it, you know. So uh, yeah, we did, Dave. Yeah. We did obviously did that twelve-hour charity stream, and we had uh, Alex Miller on, you know, from the Star. And, oh yeah. Uh, Liam's a big cricket fan, and and so is uh, so is Alex. I I, I just walked Apologies. off at one. I walked <laughs> off at one bit. For, it were only five minutes of cricket, so it were fine. <laughs> you have to wait you up. Yeah, just yeah, wait <laughs> me up when you're done. It's uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit. I'm just a big sports fan in general. To be fair, I'll, I'll watch anything. Tiddlywinks, if that, if that's on telly, I'm sure I'd. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dave. Just want to, you know. I think we'll probably wrap it up there. Um, yeah, we've rattled on a fair bit, haven't we? To be fair, no, it's, it's yeah. great. It's, no, it's just, no, it's just good to because you know everyone sees you know Sheffield Wednesday ladies, but I don't think a massive amount of people know all the ins and outs about it as well. So I think it's just been great to to speak to you and you know to get yeah. to get to know i'm sure there's you know people listening that their their daughters might want to get involved as well and you know they'll uh you know if they know that you're starting from your under nines you know anyone can anyone can come along and have a go can't they especially to you yeah. to the yeah, anybody, uh, really any anybody from seven years of age upwards can get involved and you know i'm obviously biased and i'm gonna say we're a great club but the good thing is there's great clubs around every corner at the minute in sheffield south yorkshire and across the nation so you know I just, I just, I just champion girls playing football. Yes, I think we're the best club, but I'm biased. But round every corner, there's a club. Get your, get your daughters involved in football, whoever it's with, because it's brilliant. Yeah. Before we, before we go, let's quickly talk about the uh, the men's team. Obviously, you're. I'm guessing you're a big Wednesday night as well, Dave. Well, it's funny this because I am a massive Wednesday night. My daughter's a massive Wednesday night. Uh, I'm, although my wife, and not a lot of people know this, but all, all, although my wife runs our club, she's a secretary and welfare officer, uh, she's a United fan. Oh, so the big, big and, divide and, in your house then. Eh? And my son is a blade, a season ticket holder. Um, <laughs> and, that go, and that goes back to probably him being sick to death, getting dragged around watching my daughter play football. And so he, he, I think he sort of pushed it away and said, right, you know, you and Emily are Wednesday. Me and my mum are going to be united, and he's sort of grown up with the that. Dark side. <laughs> and then obviously went to school when they were doing well in the Premiership, and his mates were Blades. And then I've got two brothers who are Blades, but me, my dad, and my daughter. You know, you'll never change us three. Go on. Then, what, so next next season, what's your uh, expectations? Obviously, I know we've you know, a lot of people have you know, a lot of players have left. We've not really brought 
anything in as of yet. I know, you know, well, and Hennigan yeah, announced yeah. today. Yeah, obviously, as we record this uh, earlier, but uh, but yeah, what's your what's your expectations for this for this My season? Expectations. I, I was quite. I'm a bit of a. I'm a bit of an happy clapper, to be honest, and I know people don't <laughs> like that, but I'm very much a an half glass half full, not half empty. So yeah, I, you know, I like Darren Moore. I think he's a nice guy. Uh, I think we had a good season. I think we dropped silly points that if we hadn't dropped frustrating points, we'd have been up automatically. Would we have been good enough for the championship? I don't think so. But you've got to get, you've got to be in it to win it. Uh, this season, again. Forgive me, but with football being sort of constant, it gets to sort of end of May and I switch off apart from doing my... So I tend to get start getting interested again late July. Where I see at the minute with who's left and who we've signed so far, you've got to be aiming for... You know, you can't be playoffs material one season and then drop it off next. You've got to be pushing for minimum you'd expect is playoffs again, you know. Uh, and a lot, a lot. Of, whether we can do the top two, I'll be down to who we keep and who we sign. I think, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you get to go to many games, or is it just full on with ladies? Uh, un- un- unfortunately, I work. I, I run a motorcycle shop, and so Saturdays um, it's a short day. And if there's big games, I can get away from work early and get to the games. Midweek games, I always go to. So yeah, I don't get to as many as I'd like, but you know, unfortunately, I've got a real job that pays the mortgage. You know. <laughs> football's just a, although it's a lot it's a bit of fun but uh, but yeah I get I get to enough games uh, not as many as I'd like but I get to enough games great stuff great. Um, Dave like, a massive thanks for you uh, coming along um, taking your time out of the evening to talk to us I hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed it it's been a good laugh yeah but then I'm not adverse to talking a bit so it's been a good time <laughs> great stuff uh, for those listening as well don't forget to leave us a, a rating or a review if you have enjoyed it really do appreciate it uh, not only that but if you want more Sheffield Wednesday content uh, access to our members only WhatsApp group and other perks such as discounted merchandise then head over to patreon.com forward slash WTID pod uh, and do what over 100 of you have already have done and sign up to become a member uh, link is in the description again Dave thanks for today and uh, good luck for the upcoming season mate yeah, cheers well, it's been a pleasure Thank cheers you. man away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.